Let's go to the Gospel of Luke, I think is where I'm going to go. Gospel of Luke, and then we're going to do something in Mark, and then Matthew. Let me see here. Hang with me. Now, last week, I got on the Luke, the 10th chapter. That's where I was. I'll get to it in just a minute. Yeah, here we go. I was into the parables, and I probably didn't explain this, what I wanted to say with this. Of course, you know the, par- prob- the parable of the s- certain man, uh, the good Samaritan. All right. And back up, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law, how readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Now look at Luke 18. And verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, or except one, that is, God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. I'll stop right there. Now, there's differences there, but there's so many similarities. Now, this, this is all about the same time in Jesus' ministry. And what got me on that is the law. Is that there are some, we talked about them, they were antinomians and they're still with us today, who say that the law is no more. We ought not to bring up the law. But now Jesus, in both of these instances, 
And there really are several others that are very similar to this. And Jesus brings up the law. Well, who was this rich young ruler? I don't know. Is that a certain a, a, a ruler, a rich young ruler? You read Matthew, Mark, and Luke and get that all of those adjectives there. Rich young, uh, a ruler. Anyway, the lawyer, now he's not, he doesn't work for the hammer. He couldn't get a job with the hammer. Everybody knows who that is. He was a lawyer of scripture and of the traditions, the writings of the Jews. So Jesus, instead of giving him detailed law, he gave him let him answer the two laws. That's in Deuteronomy. And he answered right. Because he knew the he knew the scriptures. But now the this fellow, this ruler, he says, Now thou knowest the law, the commandments. So now all three accounts of this, and that would be Mark, Luke 18, Mark 10, and Matthew 19. That's where you get all three of the same accounts of this. All right. And so all three of these accounts, he says, good, good master. And Luke, he says, what must I do to inherit Eternal life. Mark, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But in Matthew, Matthew said, what good thing that I may have eternal life. Well, what are we seeing here? And the lawyer wasn't any better off. People have totally unscriptural, false ideas of how a sinner is saved. And it's getting worse every day. So it doesn't matter what kind of religion they're in. Even if they're close to the scriptures, if they haven't been quickened by the Holy Spirit, they don't have the ability to grasp what's going on. That's why Many times I ask the question, what is it that actually saves a sinner from his or her sins? Because most, even Baptists, Armenians and others, don't have any conception of what it is that saves a sinner. So look, he says, uh, what must I do to inherit? What, must, what good thing must I do to have? And the lawyer did equally well as the same. Uh, 
What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Same thing. So none of, neither one of them were better off than the other one. Because they thought that eternal life was something just like a reward. And I, I'm all right. I just got to do one more thing. And there are plenty of people walking around. There's lots to tell people. There's lots of truth to tell people that they need to hear. And here we are with some of them. All right, now, he tells, he says in Luke 18 and Mark 10, Matthew 19, Jesus, the consistent, why callest thou me good? Well, Jesus is not denying his sinless humanity. But he is playing to what they're saying to him. He says, good master, good teacher. He doesn't look at him as Lord and Savior. So being as that's all you see him for, why would you call him good? There's none good but one, and that is God. Save or accept one, that is God. And then... In Luke 18, thou shalt not, you know the, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill. Well, uh, do no murder, he says in another place. And that's what it really means. Thou shalt do no murder. wonder if that would include unborn babies. I expect it would. Because it's murdering a human life made in the image of God. All right. Do not commit adultery. That adultery includes all sexual sin. Sex outside of a marriage between a man and a woman is sin. Whether it be heterogeneous or homosexual it's all sin outside of marriage legitimate marriage I mean we've got many people today think nothing of living together shacking up and not getting married I do not like the marriage licenses I have no respect for those that issue the marriage licenses because they can issue one for two men or two women just as easily as they can issue one for a man and a woman. So how much authority is that? Is not much authority in my book. The only thing is you have to have that legality in order to conduct legal business. Now, can a man and a woman be married before God without a marriage license? I think they can. They just can't conduct legal business. And that can lead to some real problems. But we don't find a marriage license in the Bible. I think the Lord's churches ought to be able to determine. 
We're not the Catholic Church. They think they can determine. But we determine according to what God says. Anyhow, so <clears throat> thou shalt not commit adultery. Do not kill, murder. Do not steal. We're just talking about that. If it doesn't belong to you, leave it alone. We have no right to what somebody else says. So he's, these are the laws. Do not bear false witness and honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, now, Luke 18, he says that. Mark 10, he says a little bit different. Look at Mark 10. Of course, this is the difference in the recorders, the writers. And this is why we have harmony of the Gospels. Because we put them all together and see, get a clear picture. But look at my, uh, Mark 10. And verse 19. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery. Put them in a little bit different order. Do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Well, that, I like that, but just a little bit different. Defraud not. And then uh, Matthew 19, he's got murder, adultery, steal, false witness, honor, father and mother. But then he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, that's one of the two commandments that the lawyers mentioned. And he's right. That was right. Now, but now the man says, all these have I kept from my youth up. Or in Mark, he says, observed. He says, kept in Luke, says, observed in Mark, and uh, kept in Matthew 19. Jesus says, yet lackest thou one thing. One thing thou lackest, what lack I yet? Well, I'm, I'm sure all, all of this is true, that all of this was said, that just different ones heard different ones. All right. So his point is, you haven't told me anything that I don't already know. So his attitude is that he's, he's pretty good. Just wants, uh, lacks a little bit in one point, and that's all. <clears throat> Why wouldn't they know, being raised Jews, and the lawyer too, why wouldn't they know that you couldn't keep the law? The law required perfect obedience. And nobody, and here's the thing on the law. It never did save anybody. Uh, look at Galatians 3 real quick. Verse 21. <clears throat> is the law then against the promises of God? 
God forbid, or let it not be. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily, righteousness should have been by the law. So Paul said in Romans, the law is weak through the flesh. There's nothing wrong with the law, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And so these fellows didn't know that. Do you think that there's a lack of understanding religion-wise today? That people don't know any better than this? That there's something they can do? I've heard it at least twice in the last two days. Somebody died, no evidence at all of salvation. And talked about, they know that they're in heaven. There has to be some reason for them to be in heaven and if they if they haven't been justified they're not in heaven we were talking about this the other day one preacher said he went to a Methodist church and preached boy let them have it yeah preached on heaven I found out what he preached on you can go in any church anywhere of any denomination and have a warm reception preaching on heaven. Nobody, now there's nothing wrong with preaching on heaven. Every now and then it has to be mentioned. But you're not going to teach any gospel truth by preaching on heaven to strangers and people that don't know the truth. But here you've got fellas that have been raised with the word. He wasn't a stranger. The ruler wasn't a stranger to the commandments. He was familiar with them. It used to be that everybody in America that was raised anywhere near any kind of church, they went to Bible school as a kid, and they about all had some understanding of the Ten Commandments or even most schools. They used to be taught in the schools as well. But you know, now they've taken the Ten Commandments down. Oh, I don't want them up. I want them up. I want them up. I want people to see. Well, they won't know. It's beside the point. They need to know what sin is and you cannot know sin apart from the commandments and Jesus backs me up in this right here so yet thou lackest one thing in Matthew he says be perfect and sell all in Mark he says sell all in Luke he says sell all that you have. Well then we find out. That he's got a lot. And there's his so called Achilles heel. His God is not 
God. That's what, it didn't start with, with number one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And here, he went away sorrowful in all three accounts, for he had great possessions. But Jesus said, now, give it up and distribute to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Well, is Jesus telling him a lie? No. Of course not. You can't do this. He was too far down the road to even think about it. Nor could he anyway. But you have to love God. The lawyer said that. He said he repeated it. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, everything. And love your neighbor as yourself. The question would come right there. Have you done this, sir? Or have you slipped up on this a time or two? Well, it'd be way more than a time or two, but he slipped up on it. And that's what Jesus is getting across to him. And he says, sell all, distribute to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven. But then he says, now in Mark, he says, take up the cross. Well, we read other places that the cross that Jesus is talking about is the cross that you die on. That's what Jesus did. He died on it. And that's the cross he's talking about. Not Jesus' cross, but that you... so. Salvation is not an easy thing. It takes everything that you have and are or ever will be. And yet you can't buy it. So he says, sell all that you have, distribute to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. But now, follow me. (laughs) Follow Christ? Yeah. Yeah. That would put you back in the line of thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength. No. They went away sorrowful for they had great, very rich, had great possessions. Now look at uh, Luke 10, Matthew 22 first. Well, he had put the multitude to silence in verse 33. They were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, and again, that's not a lawyer, civil law, that's religious law, asking him a question. Now here you go, tempting him. Now how many times was it, did they ask him questions trying to tempt him? And saying, Master, which is a great commandment, 
in the law. And he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the, thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, they don't come back on that. And there's a reason why. Knows good and well he hadn't done it. Should know that he can't do it. I don't know that he does. But then look at Luke 10. You see that? I'm trying to give you all the counts. Verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Him and the rich young ruler, they're saying the same thing. That's their mindset. What shall I do? And then he says, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answers, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Now, you used to wonder about that. Was he telling him of a real possibility that he could do? And the answer is no. Not at all. It was never, it was never in the offing that he could do this. But the futility of it, that's the word, that you can't do it. You've not done it. Therefore you can't do it. But he. Willing to justify himself. Said unto Jesus. And who is my neighbor? He goes. Beyond. The ruler. He went away sorrowful. He didn't try to justify himself but the lawyer says well who is my neighbor and so Jesus brings the parable of the good Samaritan to show him who his neighbor is and it so happens the word neighbor means one near you and that's who his neighbor is whether it's Samaritan whether it's Jew Gentile, whoever it is, there's the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. So that's who your neighbor is. But my, my point is that the attitude, the mindset, they do not know what it takes to become a child of God. They don't know what salvation is or how, or how you get it. And so it doesn't matter how much religion you've had, how many churches you've been a member of, if you don't know, if the Lord hadn't revealed it to you, you're not going to know it. So don't assume that everybody knows because they don't. That would be what I call overestimating your, your crowd. Don't do it. Don't assume that everybody knows. 
So what is it that saves a sinner? Jesus, when he died, he actually paid the debt for all of his people, all of their sins. It had nothing to do with me. The whole transaction was between Jesus and God Almighty. Jesus made, remember this word, satisfaction. That's what propitiation is. He made satisfaction to the divine justice of God. And having earned perfect righteousness by the law. He imputes that to you, but what actually saves a sinner from their sins is the work of Jesus Christ of redemption on the cross of Calvary. And here's what I follow up with. Why am I saved? And hordes of people are not. Think about that question. It has nothing to do with me. It did not come because of my faith. We're not saved by faith. We're saved through faith. It's by faith that it might be by grace. But the work of redemption was accomplished by Jesus Christ. Lock, stock, and barrel. So why, then, if we're all depraved, if we all died in Adam, and we did, what made the difference. Why am I saved and the hordes of people are not? You got to be careful answering that. Remembering that it's completely the work, finished work of redemption accomplished by Jesus Christ on the cross. So why am I saved? That's when we say, grace, grace, marvelous grace of God, the unearned favor of God. And if God hadn't, as a good Samaritan, went where he was on purpose, he went to the Samaritan woman where she was, she wasn't looking for him. The, the fellow that fell among thieves is about dead. He's not looking for him. And Isaiah said, and Paul quoted it in Romans, recited it, I am found of those who sought me not. Amen. There's the difference. It's all God. 